Hello and welcome to Glossy Trend Watch Influencer Edition. I'm your host, Katie Richards, a senior technology reporter covering all things fashion here at Glossy. Over the last few weeks, we've taken a look at some of the most prominent fashion influencers and how they've used their success and big followings on social media to launch major brands. Brands are set to spend $15 billion a year on influencer marketing by 2022. But like our next guest, Danielle Bernstein, many of these influencers have made the leap from interacting with existing brands online to creating some of their own. For our third and final episode, I sit down with Danielle, the founder of We Wore What. Danielle is a fashion blogger turned clothing designer, brand founder, author, and entrepreneur. I spoke with her about her exclusive partnerships with brands, how she listens to her followers for product ideas, and why she launched Mo Assist, a workflow tool for influencers. That's up next. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today and, and yeah, being on the podcast. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks for having us. Want to start off and, and hear a little bit about you know the early days of your blog and kind mm-hmm. of when you first realized that being a blogger, uh, you could kind of turn that into a business and, and really make something of we were what, when did that happen? So do you want the spiel of how I got started or just sort of from once it was already going? Yeah. Once it was kind of up and running. Okay. So it was about the time that I turned the camera on on myself and switched from a street style photographer to a personal style blogger that I realized I might have something here. You know, it was really a serious hobby at the time. The influencer industry didn't exist. The blogging industry didn't really exist. There were sort of these groups of bloggers out there that were posting photos of themselves on the internet and starting to gain traction in that way. And I saw my follower count growing, uh, my impressions through my Google Analytics growing, and I thought that there could be a potential business, um, but I wasn't sure what that would be. And it wasn't until I signed with an agent, uh, my agent Jen Powell, who was at Next Model Management at the time, that we really started to generate business and charge for posts and make money that way. All right. And so in the early days, what were kind of some of the challenges you saw in kind of navigating those those relationships and, and um, negotiating those deals? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't any set fees for posting on a blog, taking photos for a brand. We sort of went off of what modeling agencies traditionally did for models and used the amount of impressions we got uh, to measure the CPMs and and use that the way traditional advertisements were measured to figure out what to charge. And then it sort of just became a standard, you know, if you have this many followers and this much viewership, you can charge X amount. And then as you grow, that number can grow with you. Okay. And now that you've kind of peaked and kind of hit, I wouldn't say peaked, but now that you've I reached, hope I haven't peaked. <laughs> you've reached that high point of over 2 million followers. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate brand partnerships now? Is it different than it was earlier? It's definitely completely different. Um, I always say that one-off posting is a thing of the past. And now we really look to marry brands and create these longer term partnerships, be it three, six month, one year partnerships where I'm exclusive to that brand in a certain category, like skincare, water, uh, cars, whatever it may be. Beauty is one of the most likely ones, but you know, I even have a denim collaboration with Joe's coming out. So for three months during the time of the selling period, I'm exclusive to them in denim. So these exclusivity and bigger partnerships where you really are investing in a brand and a brand is investing in you is sort of how we've changed our relationships over time. Okay, great. And I want to talk a little bit about um, the Joe's partnership in particular and um, hear a little bit more about, you know, the, the design process and that. How closely are you working with the brand to kind of 
come up with the designs and, and what's that collaboration Well, I think like? a better example for that would be my bathing, my swim line okay. and my line of overalls because uh, the Joe's partnership is just a one piece and that came super organically because I told them that my ideal pair of jeans didn't exist and I wanted to create it. You know, the, that, the way that came about with Joe's is I, I went into it saying my ideal pair of jeans doesn't exist and I want to create it. And so we created this one perfect pair of high rise vintage skinny jeans. And I was involved in every step of the process from the wash to the buttons, to the stiffness, to the, the way it fit. I was a fit model for it. I shot the campaign. I saw it all the way through. But with my line of swim and overalls, um, I, it started as a collaboration with Onya, who's a great swimwear brand. And I told them that I couldn't find bathing suits that were flattering for my body. And so we did it as a collaboration. I am super involved there two to three times a week. Uh, everything from, again, the fit, the quality, the fabric, the hardware, the size, the thickness of the cup getting put into the type of wiring we're using, like literally everything. I'm extremely involved. And that partnership did so well that it ended up being that I could create my own swimmer line. We were what swim and we were what overalls and have them as my production partner. Okay. Yeah. And I heard that that Onya partnership or, or one of your early partnerships um, drove like a crazy amount of sales. Yes. Like our million. last collection, which was the Italy collection, drove $3 million in sales in the first day. That's insane. What's your, what goes through your head when something like that happens? I was like, holy shit. I, it was, <laughs> I knew the last collection did uh, one to two million. I did not expect it to surpass that. And it did, which was awesome to see. And it just was sort of more validation into, you know, my role as an influencer and right. my effect and my conversion rates. Yeah. So with that, with those proven results, uh, how are you then able to negotiate, you know, like how much of the deals you're getting, how much of the revenue is coming to you? Yeah. I mean, I literally, before you came in here, was talking to the owner of a sweater company that I did a post for today. And he was like, holy shit, your post is blowing us out of the water. Wow. We can't even believe how well it's doing, how many sweaters we're selling. And I said, well, yeah, that's why you're paying me the amount <laughs> that you are. Because, you know, I have these proven results of converting for brands and the R ROI is there. So not only are you getting the exposure to 2 million people, but those 2 million people are such a specific group. It's a specific demographic of consumers. So you're really reaching your target customers when you choose to work with an influencer like me, and that's resulting in sales. Mm -hmm. And also brand awareness, but sales more importantly sometimes. Right. And do you ever have to have conversations with brands where you feel like maybe they're not giving you what you think you deserve and you, how do yeah, you do Yeah. I that? mean, I have an agent that does that. So so I, I am on the back end of the negotiating of all my deals. You know, we talk about it together and I say, oh, I think that's a little low for this. Or maybe we bring the ask down if the brand doesn't have the budget. Um, so we really work together to figure out what the best way to structure the partnership would be. But I don't necessarily communicate directly with the brands and say, hey, you're underpaying me. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it really helps to have that kind of manager. Yeah, it's wants. almost like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. I just play bad cop on the back end. Sounds good. And so want to talk about like a little bit about your own designs and, and you know, you have swimwear and, and jumpsuits, um, overalls. How do you kind of decide where you want to go next? What category you go into? Do you tap your followers? What do you do? I think it has to do with what I feel passionate about. 
when I, the reason I created the overalls in the first place was because I saw a space in the market that I could fill. There was no line out there that created all in one pieces. And so I wanted to create that. The bathing suits just happened to be something I really loved and was good at. So I continue to do that. Now that I have dabbled in denim, I really think it's something I'm passionate about. So not to say that a denim category won't be introduced in the near future. I mean, it's really, I, I, I plan on introducing categories as I feel like I've nailed down the others. So once I have have a really good way of introducing new swim, new overalls to the market and really have the have are introducing quality product that my customers love. Only then will I look to introduce a new category. And I, I've noticed that on Instagram through your stories, you sometimes will post, you know, um, which fabric do you like best to kind of source your, I your followers. I did see that. Yes, we were looking at your <laughs> stories earlier. Um, but so how important is that talking to the, the community that follows you to get ideas for designs? A hundred percent. It's so important. I want to hear from my followers all the time what they like, what they don't like. They want a higher rise. They want a lower rise. They want shorter length. You know, I've learned what my customers like as far as fit and feel and really look to them to say, you know, like, what are you missing in your bathing suit wardrobe? What kind of jeans do you feel like you don't have the right pair of? And um, love including them in the design process as well so that they can feel invested in the designs once they come out as well. So I want to switch gears a little bit and and talk about um, Mo Assist, which just launched recently. Tell me a little bit about You're how You're sitting that... next to Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. How did that come to be? So Mo Assist, a.k.a. Mo, is a company that Mo and I started. Mo is my six-year assistant turn right-hand man um, and CBO. And we started building this platform about a year ago. And we really set off to solve a problem in the industry was that there is no office tool or project management system that fulfills the needs of, the influ of an influencer. And there's all these project management systems out there that are for big corporate companies and bigger teams, but none of them really fit the unique workflow of an influencer. And the influencer industry is a $12 billion industry and growing. So there's clearly a need for something like this. And we have, over, the ten, over my 10 years of doing this, really mastered a way of working that I wanted to be able to share with other influencers so that they could become more efficient in their businesses. And so, you know, we taught ourselves a lot about the development of a tech company. We hired people to help us along the way and we launched a week ago. That's exciting. And um, congratulations Thank on you. that. And what about from an investment standpoint? You know, was that something new to you going out and talking to investors to kind of build the platform? So the building of the platform, I funded myself. I invested just about $200,000 of my own money to build it. And then we went out and raised $1.2 from friends and family in a seed round in order to fund our initial hires and our development of the product going forward. Okay. And what's your vision for kind of the future of that? The next year, where do you see most? Yeah, so going? we have so many features that we have in our business development pipeline that we want to build out and introduce. Um, we want to focus soon, not soon, not too soon, on building an agency and enterprise version of it. We've been getting approached by agencies and businesses and brands for the past few days. So many of them are looking for a tool like this to manage their influencer flow also and the influencers they work with. And so we're realizing that we need to create this for more than just the influencer. But 
my mission statement almost behind the creation of Mo was to put the power back in the influencer's hands. So it's created for the influencers by an influencer. And I really wanted to empower other influencers to become more professional. Mm -hmm. And what would you say, is there like a target um, size for influencers that you're working with? Are you working with any size following? We're, I mean, anyone with over 10,000 followers, anyone that's using social media to make money or wants to make money through their social media is a Mo customer. Okay, great. So what do you feel like is your responsibility as an influencer and in kind of shaping the industry of influencers? Um, so I would say that because I've always been really transparent about the business side of things, I was actually one of the first influencers to ever speak publicly about the amount of money somebody can make on an Instagram post. I feel like I've sort of branded myself as the business voice of our industry. And so I do feel a huge sense of responsibility to continue sharing. Um, I'm sharing the struggles with a tech startup and the struggles with being a founder. And I'm just continuing to share my learnings with the other influencers. And creation of Mo is me sharing a lot of that too, because it's sharing my practices that have worked for me. Yeah. That's interesting though, because I, I feel like I've been hearing a lot about TikTok recently. I know you mentioned TikTok mm -hmm. earlier and a lot of the, the influencers on that platform are kind of younger Gen Z, mm -hmm. very new to the I also don't necessarily world. know if they're making money on it yet. Yeah. So that's to that point, you know, anyone that, that is doing a brand partnership from what I've heard is being paid very little. So I think that'll be kind of interesting to see. They're so young. Mm -hmm. Like how do you kind of teach younger people what they're worth? Yeah. I mean, I think with Mo, we'll also have a blog version of that where we'll be releasing articles that are actually super helpful for an influencer that will provide um, legit feedback on things that they can be doing, whether it's when to have an attorney look at contracts to you know how they can do their taxes as a single entrepreneur. Um, so we're really looking to provide like concrete advice to people, especially young people that are in this industry. And I want to talk a little bit as well, just kind of generally about the influencer space. I feel like there's so many, um, you know, all these words now like nano influencer, micro influencer mm -hmm. and so on. Um, tell me a little bit about where your thoughts are on, you know, where that industry is going, where the influencer industry is going. Is it a bubble that's going to burst? What are your thoughts on I hope that? it's not a bubble that's going to burst. I mean, it's definitely oversaturated at the moment. And I think that consumers and followers are getting smarter as time goes. And so they're sort of weaving through the influencers that might be bullshitting a little bit. And, you know, how many tea de-bloating companies can you promote and like gummy bear hair growth things can you see one person talk about? Like followers are looking for influencers that are promoting products that A, they truly believe in, that they've tried themselves, that they would purchase themselves. And so I think that it's just an industry that's huge and growing and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Marketing dollars will just get spent more smartly um, when it comes to what influencers they work, who, which influencers they choose to work with, but it's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. And for you and just kind of the influencer industry in general, do you see Instagram as being the platform that's going to keep elevating influencers and, and providing that relationship with brands? Definitely. I mean, we, we created Mo for more than just an Instagram influencer, but most of our influencers that are already using it and that we expect to use it are relying mostly on Instagram for their businesses. And I think that it's still the most powerful tool. I mean, new platforms like TikTok and 
you know, there's still Snapchat and YouTube and all these other platforms out there that people are are influencers on, but I still think Instagram is leading it. Okay. On on Instagram, is there anything that the, the platform does that, that makes your life harder? I think um, the algorithm changing has definitely not helped. Um, and definitely if they would make their API public, it would be very helpful, but that is not something that I right. think they're going to do anytime soon. So, yeah. And do you use YouTube at all? Is that like a platform you I look at? I did use YouTube. And then once IGTV got introduced, I stopped. Okay, cool. So yeah, tell me about IGTV a little bit, what your strategy I, I is. I love there. it. It just allows for longer form videos. You're only allowed to post 60 second videos on your actual Instagram feed. And so this allows me to do things like tutorials and style hauls and just longer form videos that uh, I think still need to be kept short. I think under seven minutes is still kind of the sweet spot, but that create more interesting content and sort of diversify the content that I put out there. Yeah. And are those both sponsored and organic on there? Almost 100% of them are organic. Okay. Maybe like two of them have been sponsored. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, want to hear a little bit about what you kind of foresee as your biggest challenges in the next few years as you're looking to grow and kind of diversify your own business. I What's think balanced. Next? Okay. Um, I'm already in the first week of launching a tech company, trying to figure out how to balance this. We were what? I'm writing a book right now. I'm working on my brands. I have so many things going on. So really just allocating my time properly um, and balancing that and still having a life is, you know, sort of, I think, my biggest struggle going forward, but something that I think I'll be able to accomplish. Okay. And you're writing a book. How's it going so far? It's great. It's done. We're just going through the editing process now. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Nerve wracking. Yeah, you I'm can't sure. go in and edit a post in your book. Right. You know what I right. mean? Once it's done, Everything it's done. that's in the book is staying in the book forever. Yeah, totally. You know, talking about the timing of, of the success of influencers and social media, like if, if social media had been around 20 years ago, do you think it would have had the same impact that it does now? Or do you think it's more just like the, the timing of things is lining up? That's so crazy to even think about uh, yeah. because I actually, there was a high schooler here yesterday who's an influencer that I was onboarding to Mo and I was like, what's it like in school having Instagram be a thing? Yeah. Like we didn't even have access to Facebook on our phones when I was in school. Or there was only MySpace then. Right. So I I just couldn't even imagine what the, what the world would be like, more what personal relationships would be like and how different it would be. Yeah. And so, yeah, I also, to go to back to the onboarding thing, um, I, I saw on your stories that you're mm -hmm. onboarding a lot of influencers. Mm -hmm. Are you kind of sitting down with almost every influencer that's signing up and walking no, through No, oh my it? God, that would be, yeah, that would be, that would be really yeah. hard. Yeah, because we had a few thousand. So wow. I am meeting with people that either I know or have spoken to on DMs before mm -hmm. that live in the New York area that are able to come in that I think have all different size followings that will provide good insight and will actually be using Mo and getting a lot of good feedback on things we need to change, things that are working well. Um, I personally just want to hear from a ton of people what they like, what they don't like, and see sort of how they actually use it, where they click, um, just to change our user experience and make it the best it could possibly be. So I'm not meeting with everyone, but I'm meeting with a lot of people and making that a priority. Great. And so I know it's still pretty early days for that, but have there been any like any feedback you've gotten so far? Anything that you're we have like a change? running list of like 150 so like feedback notes. Yeah, okay. That we have been sharing with our developers that we're working on prioritizing. Um, we've gotten a ton of great feedback. Mm -hmm. 
what about like any things that you're looking to to change, improve? So like half of that is things we want to change. Yeah, okay. for sure. Cool. Um, yeah, definitely like things from like moving the add new project button to the other side of the page, like little things to, you know, we need to change the currency. We need to be able to change the currency. We had right. a, um, a girl from Holland in today that she was like, you know, it's only in dollars right now. And we're like, I know it's actually really difficult to build that, but we're going to work on it. Yeah. Making it as global as possible. Exactly. Okay. Well, I wish you all the best of luck with thank all of you. that. And Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah. Thank you again for the time. It was a of pleasure. Course. Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast Influencer Edition for our final episode. We hope you've enjoyed this look at how influencers are crossing over into fashion design in their own right. And of course, stay tuned for more episodes of the Glossy Podcast.